bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin, but they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. This is Johnny for this special one-shot edition of Good Strong Hands. And this is Jeremy. This is Jeff. And I'm Jordan. And I'm Aaron, and I am going to be the uh, Game Master today. Dun, dun, dun! So we are playing a <laughs> new uh, system called Good Strong Hands. It was put out by Nerd Burger Games. Tasty. Very tasty. I think they actually have a few different uh, rule sets out, and this was one that I picked up on Kickstarter. As soon as I heard about it and heard the initial uh, playthrough that was released from them, I figured this really fits a lot of our play style and thought it would be tons of fun to run one. So I picked it up, and I'm just going to go ahead and read a quick intro from the book. Many ages have passed in the land of reverie. Kingdoms rose and fell. Folk came to power and then lost that power. Populations swelled, moved, changed, and settled into familiar realms. Scholars have long believed reverie is a world of cycles. These cycles are seen in the rise and fall of kingdoms, in the migrations of animals, in the change in seasons, in the growth of populations, and in their eventual demise. Reverie is a world of cycles. It is true. And an important cycle is about to begin again. Many important events mark reverie's history, but no event is more important, more world-shaking, than the arrival of the void. This faceless, malevolent force is entropy and destruction incarnate. Once every few centuries it rises, threatening to destroy reverie. The void constantly creeps at the edge of reverie. It is a slithering, nasty void, and it reaches out, straining to touch every part of the world. Its tendrils have once again started to eat away at the edges of reverie. If the void wins, it will consume this world. It will turn trees to ash. It will render mountains to swamps. It will snuff out all light and bring only itself, only nothingness, to the world of creation. Reverie begins a new cycle. It is one where the void will either consume and destroy all of the world, or one where it will be stopped by heroes like you. So Good Strong Hands draws inspiration from things like Neverending Story, Willow, uh, yes. your your classic fantasy, fantasy movies that... I actually spent this week watching a whole bunch of them to kind of uh, spark some... Uh, kind of marinate in the juices. Yeah. So I watched uh, Never Ending Story 1 and 2. I couldn't rent 3. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't okay. rent 3. It's not based on the books. Yes, I agree with that. I wanted to because... <laughs> three's not based on the book, so... I mean, two is kind of a stretch <laughs> to yeah. begin with. Yeah. Until you read the book. Well, yeah, but I'm sure. I read the book before I saw the movies, and I think I only ever saw the movie once. Because it was like, ah, this is nowhere. Unless because you read the book Yeah, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the book is really interesting because in the edition that I read as a kid, it actually had different colors to represent different worlds. 
like mm. Earth mm-hmm. versus Fantasia, and then there was also another level when you got deeper into the never-ending yeah. story in and of itself. So it's very much immersive in that regard. That's, That's cool. cool. That's cool. So Good Strong Hands has a few different fun mechanics that we're going to go with. It's all using six-sided dice, and the way it will work is that I will give a target number, and you will roll your trait against that target number. So the number of dice that you have in that trait against the target number. So let's say for a moderate task, target number four, and you will roll however many dice you have. If none of your dice are four or above, you fail, and you get a complication. You also will mark one skill box on your character sheet when that happens. If you get one hit and one hit only, that is a success. Whatever you are attempting to do works, and you will mark one spirit, because you feel good about yourself. Like it's That's a positive thing. If you hit two or more, that is success with a boon, and you will mark one shadow, because the void has taken notice of you, and they are trying to corrupt you. The void is always trying to corrupt what is good in Reverie. So, those of you who tend to roll well <laughs> might become corrupted more quickly. What are you talking about? Those of you who tend to roll poorly may become more advanced quicker. You know she's not using his uh, typical dice. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's themed because my character is afraid of lava, and these are my lava-colored dice. <laughs> so you're afraid of the dice that you're rolling? Yes. <laughs> now you know how the rest of us feel. <laughs> If you ever have to mark shadow and you have some spirit to spend, you can spend spirit to avoid marking that shadow. So, in general, all the characters are folk or fantasy-type characters, and I think in this playthrough all of us are fantasy-type characters. We have no humans in our group. Sort of. Sort of. We'll get to that. (laughs) So, if you would like, uh, we can go ahead and start introducing our characters, starting with Jeff. Alright, my name is Cinch. I am a 50 meter long, half inch round silken rope. <laughs> Could you be more precise? <laughs> like what color of silk? Just a pale gold color. Okay. And so I imagine you are magically animated that you can, yes. you're not just a rope lying in a bundle on the ground. It says, you are an inanimate object given life by magic who looks forward to becoming more than what you are made for, regardless of your form. You can see, hear, speak, hover, move, and manipulate objects magically. I'm a real rope. <laughs> so I guess that's a question. You want to be more than what you are. Do you have a specific goal in mind? Are you trying to become a longer rope? Are you trying no. to join a rope family? Or are you just... What is uh, Cinch's goal, in, goal in, in life? What more are you trying to be? I didn't think that far. That's fine. Maybe you're newly born. Newly animated. Newly animated. You might not have a, uh, a specific goal yet. Corrupt the baby! So we also know that you have... Fears and anchors. What are your fears and anchors? Well, I'm afraid of fire and rodents because both can destroy me. However, I am adaptable, generous, and tolerant. What would you say was your most generous event so far in your life? A fawn fell down a ravine and I went over, tied myself off to a tree, and sent down my other end to help pull him out of the ravine. So that's pretty generous. All right, Johnny, tell us about you. 
Well, I am what's known as a paragon. I uh, reincarnate when I die. Most people just think of me as just a regular animal until I speak to them. What type of animal are you? I am a gray wolf. What's your name? Graham. Yes, I weigh approximately 130 pounds. Large gray wolf. You don't weigh a gram? No. 130 grams. <laughs> Pocket size. <laughs> Being a wolf, I have two major fears. Fire and humans. Why are you afraid of humans? Because humans tend to hunt animals. What are your uh, anchors? I'm empathetic, I'm honest, and I'm courageous. So was there ever a time where you had a run-in with humans that specifically caused this fear? One of my previous lifetimes, I was killed by a human. Oh. That would definitely make me be afraid of them. Yes. All right, Jeremy? All right. My character is an imp. Sort of mischievous kind of character. Not well thought of by other folk in the, the land, I guess. Uh, my character's name is Crichton. Pale skin with dark eyes and white hair. What are your fears and anchors? My fears, I have fear of heights and open spaces because my character likes to escape situations. So with heights and open spaces, that doesn't leave many ways to do that. So that's why he has those fears. Anchors are clever, spontaneous, and protective. As an imp, what have you been protective of? Protective of... I'm going off of one of the descriptions that are on here for for imps. So, protective of people's perception of imps in general. Because one of the things is imps are always looking to redefine themselves. So, if there is ever a situation, I guess, that would cast imps into a bad light, my character is going to try and escape in such a way that the focus is not directed on imps. Okay. And Jordan... Tell me about you. I mean, your character. My name is Jasper. I'm a stone I'm afraid of lakes. And I'm afraid of lava. I like to think of myself as having come Passion. I am very steadfast, and I am quite rational. Do all stonekin speak as slowly as you, or is that unique to you? I am very steadfast. <laughs> That answers my question <laughs> perfectly. All right, so today we are actually going to be using one of the adventures that I pulled almost directly out of the Good Strong Hands book. I tweaked it for some of the things that I know was going to happen today. <laughs> you mean because well, you know who we are? <laughs> I was about to say, you thought you knew what was going to happen during Capers. <laughs> and this time I know. <laughs> Which is a good thing to mention because I was going to say this Nerdburger actually created Capers as well. Oh, oh that's right. They did. Yeah. So you all are aware of this place called Sorrow Sworn Fields. The Sorrow Sworn Fields are a place where, in a previous age, the Void did battle with the forces of good, and the Void was defeated at the Sorrow Sworn Fields. However, many, many, many people died. 
they have built a monument there to the people that died. But because so many people died, there were a lot of unburied dead mass graves. And so it's also a very haunted area. And as a matter of fact, recently, the void has uh, started making use of the ghosts in the area. And they have started bringing the ghosts to do damage and battle and haunt towns that are close by. There's actually been a couple of deaths in the towns. So word has been getting around. The four of you have felt the call from the side of light to rise up and fight against the void. So you have headed to the Saras Warnfields to help out. Jasper, how did you meet how did you meet Crichton on your travels? I nearly stepped on Crichton by accident, mind you. How did Crichton take that? I mean, I was just napping, and all of a sudden the ground started shaking. Couldn't give a warning. Watch where you're stepping wasn't shaking enough warning. Where did that happen? Happened in small village called Anglemore. I mean, when you're sleeping next to the side of a house, you don't think anybody's gonna step on it. So then... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is Anglemore where the two of you also met Graham? No. Where'd you meet Graham? Well, I met him in the Greenwoods. Had you ever met Graham before? Well, it's the first time I saw him was in the Greenwoods. What had you ever heard about Graham leading up to that? I mean, he's a talking wolf. He's relatively popular. Out of character, have you been other creatures besides a wolf? No, yeah, that's true. I was Falcon once. Wolf is the most common form I reincarnated as. But I was Falcon, I was a, a mouse. And out of game also, each time your name is Graham as well? Yeah. Or, okay, Because right. yeah. I maintain my knowledge. How long have you been a, a wolf? Well, this time I've been a wolf for, I'd say, in this by eight years now. Okay. Okay. So long enough to gain a little bit of a reputation. And yeah. I met Graham when he was a mountain goat. How long was Graham a mountain goat? Not very long. (laughs) (laughs) Why did Graham not stay a mountain goat very long? Wasn't by choice, just, yeah. (laughs) Was not a very good mountain goat. Lost my footing. (laughs) Got headbutted off the cliff. Actually, I got a thorn in one of my hooves, and that made me lose my footing and tumble down the mountain. Okay. So, uh, Cinch, what was your first thought when you saw these three traipsing towards you? Yeah, I was just hanging out in the pile. And you saw these three coming down the road. What was your first thought? My first thought was, that's an odd trio. My second thought was out loud to them. Hey, where are you guys going? <laughs> Were any of you shocked when the rope started yeah. talking? Yeah, some traffic. When the rope first spoke up, I stopped and I stared at it. 
sniffed it. Who says that? Uh, the rope right here. My name's Sench. A rope? Yeah. We are off to battle the void. I've heard of this void. Sounds very naughty. I had to. <laughs> Gets me all tangled up. Do you need straightening? No, I can do that myself. Thank you, though. Kind of pull at the rope. Crichton's going to pick it up. He's like, are you trapped in here or what? No. I lift up the rest of the rope and start uncoiling and making like a human-ish sort of shape. <laughs> an outline of a human. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Crichton's like... Wow, that's a neat trick. I can do better. And he shapeshifts into an actual human form. <laughs> <laughs> wow, take that's a, cool. I take a step back from Crichton and start growling. Crichton's just kind of looking over and it's like, what? Don't take that evil form. This evil form has saved me. Plenty of times. Or would you prefer this evil form? And changes into a brownie. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> well. Changes back into him. You want to join us? Yeah. Adventure sounds good. I'm open to new things. We are not on adventure. We are going to help people. That sounds even better. Sounds pretty adventurous to me. Very different. Mm, It's not as different as you think, friend. We have a specific goal in mind. It's an adventure to come. Cinch, how did you come to be by the road here? Well, I was helping this family out. They needed help leaving all six of their kids home. Once I was done, I found a place to cozy up and... So you were you were just taking a nap? Good thing I got to you first. You might have stepped on me. <laughs> Well, I saw you guys coming. That hurts my bedrock. Couples start raining down. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, with that, the party has formed. And uh, you guys begin heading down the road. As you reach the top of a hill... And you guys can see Sorrow Swarm Fields. Jeff, what stands out to you about the Sorrow Swarm Fields? The massive field of blood red roses that are said to be the color of the blood that was spilled. That would definitely stand out. Jordan, you said Jasper's afraid of lakes. The big, shallow, or the big, what looks like, pool of blood on the northwest side of the fields. Does that bother you? How far away is it from us? It's clearly on the other side of the field. Uh, This is a massive field. We're talking, you could probably walk across it in a day. 13 miles. I mean, it is a very large area. Wide open spaces. Wide open spaces. So Crichton gets to the edge and just stops. And he's looking around, like, how tall is the grass? I mean, it's while it's a big, wide-open field, 
clearly nothing is being cultivated. The roses grow naturally, and they're unnaturally tall. There are no paths through the roses, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, there's nothing that's been... No paths that have been cut. No. You can see what looks like a cluster of carts and tents to the east of where you guys are. It doesn't look like anything permanent, but there's no permanent paths. You can see where people have walked through. So the lake in and of itself is far enough away that it's not going to bother me at the moment. But what is very concerning is the giant shaft of liquid that is arcing out of the lake and is going to the monument in the center of the field and is wrapping itself around, like a coiling like a snake or a rope of some sort, but made out of liquid. I can see that as being concerning. Does it look like something natural, or does it look like something that was... does not look natural? Does not look natural. It was not here when the field got its name. Were you here when the field got its name? I was, unfortunately. Were you killed at this field? Yes. What form were you in when you died in this field? A horse. Okay. Does anyone else have any ancestors or anybody that they knew? I was here. You were there. You had also done battle on this field. The wizard that created me told me of this place. Ooh. Crichton has never been to this field. Crichton has never been. He's only heard stories. What stories have you heard about the field? Just that it is a very tricky place. You should always be on your guard. Nothing is always as it seems. As a matter of fact, you guys are getting there. The sun is getting ready to go down, so it's getting to be dusk. And as the shadows start to lengthen, you can see the edges of ephemeral creatures and beings start to fade in and out of existence. What do those creatures look like? Fairies. You see fairies? Describe what the fairy looks like exactly. I see a whole field of fairies. Looks like they're the ones tending the flowers. Or somebody called pixies are small enough. Okay. They have wings and stuff? Yes. And they're mostly just tending the flowers? Yes. Okay. As you approach the field, what does it feel like to be back on this field, Graham, after so long? Mournful. The history of the battle that took place here. So many, many people died. As a matter of fact, as you are mourning and you get this feeling, you start to hear a funeral dirge rising from the road slightly to your east. You said the carts and tents were to the east? Yeah. Oh, wait, it's to the east. You would be there by nightfall. Okay. So Crichton has been sort of standing upright as they were traveling. When we get to the edge of the field, he also kind of hunches down. So he's kind of doing this, like, half walk, half crawl, like, every once in a while. Two hands on the ground as he moves forward. Keeping below the yeah. line of the... Little sight line. Yep. yep. I am too, just by my natural stance. <laughs> <laughs> have you been? Have you been walking on your two rear legs at all? No. <laughs> That's what I typically do. <laughs> Me, I just I know I'm invisible, so I just keep going with it. So, as you guys hear the dirge, what you see is the music is uh, coming closer to you, and coming around the bend, you see these. Typical fawn, he's not wearing a shirt because he's a fawn. 
and he's playing a lute, and on this lute he's playing this uh, mournful dirge. It's pretty haunting. You can tell he is quite skilled at his music. And as he sees you, he he finally trails off and uh, approaches your group. Greetings. I wouldn't stay here if I were you. Why not? Because the ghosts. They're killing people. They're, They're playing all stabby and going to town and destroying towns and the, the pixies not, not what you see isn't really what's there there's the other side and they've been coming from the other side and they're killing people I, I'm getting out of here because I'll tell you what I've seen it one too many times and I'm lucky I got away with my life this last one hmm. can you tell where they originate from I don't know but if you head over to uh Tent City, you might find someone who will. I know when I saw them, they were coming from the other side of the field, over by the Dalish River. Definitely coming from that direction. Beyond that, you're probably going to find more information at Tent City. Very well, friend. Thank you for your information. Of course. Um, good luck. Where are you going? Not here. I'm thinking maybe... Head back to Anglemore. You have a good few days walk ahead of you. Yeah, I used to live there. I know some some of the rest of the Vigilant, they headed there as well. The Vigilant? It's a group that we tend to stay around here and, and pay homage to those that sacrificed their lives here previously. And so when people come and make a pilgrimage here, we're here to help them as they mourn. That's very kind of you. I thank you. We get paid. Oh. That's still very kind of you. Of course. So yeah, some of them have headed there, so I think we're going to pull up there until uh, we can figure out what we're going to do next. Safe journeys, friend. And to you. Do you guys want me to sneak on over to Tent City and check it out first? I'm heading that way myself. I think we are all heading that way. Unless we're planning on going into the field. Not a nightfall. It is safer in numbers. The tents are right on the edge of the field, you said? Yeah. So, when we get closer to the city, I want to go into the woods. Okay, so the woods to the south of the village, the tent city. And what it looks like as you approach tent city, there's a, it's a city of, like, pop-up tents and carts, and you see that people carrying whatever they have on their backs. Um, it looks like people who are refugees. People who are definitely fleeing the what, area. What, what types of people? It's, it's actually largely wildkin, but you see a little bit of everybody. A, a couple imps. Again, imps aren't uh, always seen with the best light, but just a good number of a little bit of everybody. There is no folk that is does not have at least a single person present. Yeah, except for ropes. Oh, there are no ropes. Well, sure well, there are their ropes. <laughs> there may be other animates, but... Yeah. Should have been a card. That would have been incredibly helpful. <laughs> if you were an animated cart and he was a horse... <laughs> we could put the cart before the horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should have had two animates. One to be the cart and one to be the Holocaust cloak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. 
So the city, I'm assuming that there are mostly lower tents, not anything large enough for me to fit into. How tall are you? A good 12 feet tall. Yeah, no, there is nothing large enough for you to fit into. Oh, you're nice. You're in small for stone thing. <laughs> I am fun sized. <laughs> 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 Yes, there's nothing for you to fit into. There are actually people who are not even sleeping in tents. They literally are sleeping in the backs of the carts that they have. Because again, this looks like people who are afraid, who have been fleeing from their homes to avoid being killed in the middle of the night by ghosts. So, as you approach Tent City, Johnny, you said, Graham, you went to go hide in the woods? Yes. Uh, What are the rest of you doing? Crichton's going to go up to some of the imps, try and figure out what the atmosphere is, like, socially. Okay. Are they out in the open? Yeah, they're actually, there's two imps there sitting in the back of their cart. He's going to kind of approach the cart, not, like, directly skirting the edge of the area and try and get their attention from a distance off. Raising up like, hey, guys. Can, do you need some help? My name is Crichton. Hi, Crichton. I'm Stemony, and this is Hyper. Nice to meet you guys. Um, I'm a bit leery of stepping out into the open spaces here. Are you guys generally fine traveling around with this many other folk? They're, they're I sh- would if they would, but they're not really having us. Yeah, that, okay. We're just happy to get out of here. Out of where? Like, where are you coming from? We lived in Battleford. Which is... Oh, sorry. You're really not from around here, are you? No. Battleford is right along the river. Right along Dalish River. Battleford was where um, one of the recent murders happened. So you had to cross the field to get here? (laughs) No. The road. The road that came down the east side of the field. Has anybody crossed the field? I think Flump did. It didn't go well for him. His family's missing. Flump? Yeah, he's asking anybody he can find for help. He's a rabbit wild kid. A rabbit? He's going to have a hard time getting someone to go into the field looking for him. Well, how did he get out? I don't know. You, you're here too? Yeah, I don't know. I'm here too. <laughs> you're going to have to find Flump. You, you, guys, you guys can help? A rabbit wild rabbit. kid oh. shows up. Would this be something that Crichton would have noticed before? No, he came from under the carpet. Oh, okay. Would I have noticed it with my uh, noticing skill? As a matter of fact, yes. You guys can both roll in specialties. Yeah, we're going to call that mind. Go ahead and roll your mind to notice. Both me and both of us. Yeah. What's the target number? Target number four. You got one success. You got one success. You mark a spirit. You mark a spirit. I mark. You mark a skill. Yes, you noticed that you could hear footsteps approaching. So, I think he's coming. So, I guess Crichton was in the middle of saying something when you said that, so he didn't notice anything, but kind of is startled a little bit and steps back from the cart as soon as Flump comes up from under the cart. You, you guys can help? Most people are weirded out that I'm a rogue. I'll take help from anybody. You came from the field? Came through the field. How'd you get through the field? 
because we're small. We're nimble. We can move. At least, I thought we could. Didn't work. They're missing. And they're How long all... have they been missing? Two days. Two days. Two days. Nobody want them. Will you? Possibly. Oh, good, good, good. Why won't anybody else here help? Because they gotta go to the fields. Everybody here is getting out of the fields. Hmm. Let's see if our other friends will help. Oh, more friends? Yes. Yes, more friends help. I sort of stretch back to... Oh, you could do that. That's cool. <laughs> stretch back to uh, Jasper. Jasper! I'm in the field. Well, <laughs> Like, how far into the field? I'm like a good 20 yards into the field. When you come to look for me, all of a sudden you just see me just go face clinking right down into the roses. <laughs> Jasper, Jasper. So we met this guy and he uh, needs our help. His family's lost in the field somewhere. I'm going to commune with the stones. That's great. I want to see if the stonified bones can tell us what has happened. Awesome. So I talk back to... Can you talk from both ends? Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Because <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> he doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> Jasper says that he's going to talk with the rocks and see if they can help find the family. Oh, good, good, good. I guess, I, I guess I'm the one going into the woods to find uh, Graham. I can look for him. I might get tangled and snarled up in the branches, though. That's 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 why I said I guess I'm the one. And he's saying this to uh, Cinch. Cinch. And he changes into a fox. Oh, cool. You can do that. <laughs> the Everlock kind of stands up a little startled. Mm-hmm. And darts off. Fump shakes himself off. It's scary, it's scary, it's scary. I'm so glad you guys got me. Me too. Yeah. And with that, we will see what help is rendered when we come back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.